0: What is going on, all my ex-drinking buddies? Wanted to address the elephant in the room. If you saw the duration of this episode, you're probably thinking, Brennan, where's the rest of the episode? Full disclosure, we were recording this podcast right before a show. It went a little long, and we were unable to start recording again for another half of the episode. So we will have AJ Wilkerson back on, of course. He's a hilarious comedian. We're going to get him back on to record another episode but in the meantime this one was chock full of fun stories enlightening tales about uh aj dealing with his autism um and pursuing comedy living in a van so it's going to be a lot of fun enjoy the episode don't forget to subscribe on patreon.com slash brennan tassif i love you all very much thank you so much for listening and enjoy Grab me a beer and grab him a Coke. We bout to sit for an hour, bullshit and
1: tell jokes and please don't mix it up cause he done sober up. Brandon, uh. take out me on your social media
0: feeds and Brandon it Tad said, bitch, it's your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tad said, bitch, it's your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tad said, bitch, it's your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tad. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, I'll give you a quick rundown of the show. I'm sober now, but one of my favorite things to do back in the day was to hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, go over old drinking stories, drug stories, getting in trouble stories. And even though I'm sober now, that's still one of my favorite things today. I am honored to be joined by my guest today today. Very funny comedian, winner of the Portland Comedy Festival, now nationally touring with Jason Muse Mr. A.J. Wilkerson. What's up, man?
1: Hey, man. What's up, buddy?
0: Not much. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Uh, tired and uh, sore because that van, my van is not the most comfortable to sleep in. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting there. It's fun.
0: So you are, um, let the audience know, you are doing the uh, out-of-a-van comedy thing.
1: Yeah, I converted a van during quarantine. Um, so the very beginning of COVID, I was booked on a tour out of Tallahassee, and they put us up in a house there. But then COVID started, the tour got canceled, and they're like, well, when the lease is up in like three months, and then you guys got to go. Yeah. Uh, so instead of like getting another apartment, I was like, I'm just going to do a van and go to all of like the open cities. Everywhere that comedy was still going, I just went.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean. So how did you um, end up with the Portland thing? Did you drive up there or how did that work? No,
1: I had submitted before COVID okay. for the Portland Comedy Festival and then COVID happened. It was postponed and then they decided to do it virtually. So they just uh, sent me a notification and had me submit a video and then they had a bunch of industry people like vote. Oh, that's awesome. Under- yeah.
0: So full disclosure to everybody. Uh, we are all about to do a gig, Morgan, AJ and I. So we are recording outside at the venue, having a good old time. But if you hear background noises, say hello, Morgan.
1: What's up, people?
0: If you hear any background noises? That's what all that is. Yeah, so, it's just
1: Morgan. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. Sitting awkwardly <laughs> next to us. So how did, because um, I first met you in Gainesville when right. I did a show out there with you and Bob Smith, did a Kega laugh show out there. And how did that whole thing happen with Jason?
1: Um, I'm so, sure you've told
0: that story a million times, but
1: yeah, no, no, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, so during COVID, I started going to all of like the open cities and going and just doing every. All the comedy I could. Yeah. And uh, in my first road trip out, I went to Kansas City and I met the owner of the Kansas City Comedy Club. Okay. Um. And then like a month after I got home, they posted about a contest to open for Jason Muse. So I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I'll come do the contest. And he's like, Aren't you in Florida? Like, yeah, but he's like, I was like, Yeah, but I'll come do it. He's like, Dude, if you want to, I drive... got the van, man. Yeah. He's like, If you want to drive fourteen hundred miles for a contest, like, be my guest. So I did, and then I won. Damn. And, yeah,
0: man. That's awesome. So now that tour, have you guys, you've already been on the road with him, correct?
1: Yeah. So I won the contest, uh, went back to Kansas City like three weeks later to actually do the shows with him. Uh, well, one show with him. But that one opening spot went so well. He was like, dude, I'm bringing you on the road with me. Yeah, because so. that's
0: for the, everyone listening who doesn't understand. That's how that works is if you win a contest, it's for one show or one weekend or something. Yep. But you were able to parlay that into this whole tour.
1: Yeah, so that I, it was a ten minute opening spot, and it was just going so well. Like four minutes into my set, his road manager like ran back into the green room, and was like, "Yo, you got to come out here!" Oh wow, yeah. So That's Jay like stuck his world. head out of the green room, which is right next to the stage. So I'm like about to tell a joke about handicap people, and then I just see Jason fucking Muse's face, fucking like surrounded by a halo of light, and, like the door <laughs> opening from the green room. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, we made it." This is it Yeah this is it This is my moment
0: That's awesome So what How many cities Have you done so far
1: So far We did um, I did the He asked me to stay The rest of that weekend In Kansas City So I stayed And finished out Kansas City Then we did Um Seven day, seven days in Florida, or seven shows in Florida, and okay. then we did five shows in Jersey, and the end of this month, we go to Portland.
0: I saw you posting about the Jersey, when you were in Jersey and New York City and stuff. That yeah. Was, how was that?
1: That was so much fun. So, my closer is like a eight-minute bit about how Florida's designed to kill you. Okay. But I was really nervous, like, taking that to New Jersey. I was like, they
0: don't give a shit about yeah. Florida
1: up there, but apparently everyone hates Florida equally, so it works, <laughs>
0: you know? Damn. Um,
1: I was really happy about it.
0: That's awesome, man. so have you been uh getting into any shenanigans on the road with Jason or just uh, kind of playing no, it cool?
1: That dude just works yeah like because well, I, mean, I know he's, yeah. he's older. he's also sober now. Yeah. he's been sober like a decade. yeah. so and he like twitch streams like twelve hours a day. does he really? Yeah. Jesus. so when we do shows, like we had we have two shows a night, Friday and Saturday most nights so he will twitch stream from like ten a m to like 6 p.m. comes straight over to get ready for the shows, and then he, we're there from like six until midnight. What is midnight. he doing on Twitch? Uh, just plays a lot of games. Okay. Like he does like uh like Fortnite and Call of Duty Damn. and all of those so he's other probably things. And
0: good at that shit. Yeah, he's he's pretty decent. Yeah, I could never get good at that. Yeah, I, I remember listening to um, God like Babylon and like different Kevin Smith podcasts. Um. And then him and Jason have the, their podcast. So I remember listening yeah, to that. Yeah,
1: Janis and Bob get old. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember listening to that back when I was in college, like a long time ago. And they were talking about him getting sober and how like it took him a while to get there, but once he got there, like now all he does is just work constantly. Yeah.
1: That that like his one vice is uh like the yellow Red Bulls. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Not like not, the, not the blue, not the the no, yellow. The yellow. Okay. Yep. So, how long have you been um, at it as far as comedy? Do you started in Florida?
1: Uh, I started in Florida. I started pretty much with Bob Smith, okay. Because like, uh, we used to have he used to have a weekly show in Gainesville. Well, he we used to have two. He had a Thursday at the World of Beer in Jonesville, and then a Friday at World of Beer in Gainesville. Okay. Um, and then every Sunday he would do a free workshop. Yeah. Um, so like the same workshop you would get like from the improv or like, you know, any other comedy workshop, he was just teaching it for free every week instead of like eight weeks at a time. Yeah. So I just did that for like my first. 14 months of comedy every week I was at workshop
0: oh wow you know? so were you living in Gainesville uh, were you going I, to school because yeah. I know it's a college town so most <laughs> well, everyone my in...
1: family's from just outside of Gainesville okay, okay. so that's just the closest metropolis me. <laughs> um, and to
0: call Gainesville a metropolis yeah
1: it's ridiculous uh, but I'm also from like I the town I graduated we high got, school from we got from,
0: movement out here we got movement
1: yeah I thought there was like a WWE thing going on like I was making sure we weren't gonna get hit with the chair uh um, but uh, I yeah, I graduated from like a town where there was like one caution light, like it wasn't even a stoplight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so like time. we had a gas station, post office, and bait shop all, all in on the one. St- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. God, <laughs> so it's gotta. <laughs> My be... graduating class was three people. Dude. No, yeah, I graduated from Creekside Christian School in Otter Creek, Florida.
0: God. Yeah.
1: So the shittiest is- part of that, I wasn't even valedictorian. Really? For, like, three people, they're like, you're in the middle. I'm like,
0: all right. <laughs> well, at least you could say, like, I was number two in my class. <laughs> Nobody's got to know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Is it weird for you traveling to travel into these bigger cities now?
1: New York was really, uh, like... Like, it's made me really anxious. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's, you know, biggest city in the country, like this capital of all of this kind of stuff. But going, like, during all of the COVID stuff actually kind of made it easier because, like, the subways weren't packed. The yeah. train from New Jersey into the city, you know, wasn't packed. Like, I had room to breathe walking around, yeah. you know? So it'll look like lessen the impact the next time I go back when it is full.
0: So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to get, it's something you definitely have to get used to. Oh, now, yeah. I know um I know you talk about it on stage and everything. Uh, you were diagnosed autistic? Yes. And that was later in life?
1: Yeah, that, I got diagnosed at 30 and then a month later so 2 weeks after that I got my medical marijuana card and then two more weeks after that I started doing stand up.
0: Okay. Now is do you find stand up difficult? Um in that cuz I cuz there's different obviously there's different levels. When it comes to everything like that, and I I just didn't know because, like we I know a couple comedians that seem to be on the kind of spectrum just with yeah. their mannerisms, mannerisms. The difficult and stuff,
1: part but... is actually like the f- the first couple moments after getting on stage. Okay, you know what I mean? Because like it's because just... you
0: crush. Like I've seen you do a lot of shows and you you kill. So yeah. I I didn't know if like
1: no, there's just, there's like that buildup of just getting in front of people because. Like, uh, I, Genesis makes fun of me for this all the time, because I, I get, like, shaky on stage, but I'm not as shaky off stage. But off stage, like, I have other ways I can, like, uh, stimulate my, like, I'm bouncing my legs, or, like, rocking back and forth. Like, it's harder to rock standing up, so it just comes out as more of, like, you know, shaking. Yeah. But, uh. I'm shaking more there because I'm in the spotlight and like everything else about my personality is like, how do I camouflage myself so yeah. nobody notices me?
0: That's so awesome that you were able to still push through all that and do stand up.
1: Well, so it was medical marijuana. Oh, was like, it? Like, because I'd never done stand up before. And then after I, I was already in the process of getting my medical marijuana card when I got diagnosed. And then after I got the medical marijuana card, finally I was like, hey, I think there's just enough fuck around and find out in this. to okay. See if I can do it. You, you know go. what I mean? Um, but I had always loved stand up like my whole life. Like uh start like in when I was fourteen I started working summers with my dad. Yeah, you know, doing like construction work and stuff like that. So every day over the summer, like driving to and from work, it was like comedy tapes. Like yeah. with Jeff Foxworthy and Ron White, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, Larry the cable guy and uh Jerry Clower, super old school. <laughs> and so that's like I that was where I fell in love with comedy, but I was always just a fan because I always had that thing in my brain, it's like you're not gonna be able to do yeah, that Yeah, you can't, you know, do that. yeah, yeah. Um um, and then eventually, I was like, "Why can't you do that?" You know that's what I mean? Awesome. Um, Just
0: enough fuck around in this. Yeah, that's a great line. That's going to be the title of the episode.
1: <laughs> Just enough fuck around and find out.
0: <laughs> so what? Um. I, so we talked about like kind of how you got into it and everything, but what? Uh, what kind of propels you to like? Because this is this is the thing that always fascinates me. So like Morgan, who we've had on the show before. She's been doing comedy eight months. It was and she's awesome. already booking yeah. all these shows and doing all this stuff. Me and Marcus, have kind of more that long game, kind of grinded out, like, doing shows. And you almost, like, because I kn- I, we've done shows together years ago. So you've been doing comedy. But, like, then once it took off, it kind of just, like, blew up. Now, was that, like, do you see it that way? Or for um, you, are you no, like, no, no. no, I've been here the whole time?
1: Like, no, no, no. It definitely happened pretty quickly. Like, I would say... I've been doing comedy like fourteen months before I started getting like decent to good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was, I was funny before, but I didn't have like I wasn't consistently funny. Okay, like I was, like I'd have something really funny and then the next thing would just be like, eh. And I wasn't sure how to like correct that yet. So I hadn't figured out how to like start editing and really like making like jokes that I had written before better. Yeah. And then once I kind of started doing that, I was like, oh wait, so now like I have all of this material that I didn't think was good, but now I know how to make it better. Yeah. And so once I started figuring that out, I was like, oh, we're off to the races. And then once it, once, like you said, like once it kind of happened, it happened fast.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's like, I just,
1: I lucked into like, it's almost like I fell into like three or Four really good situations and they just all worked out.
0: Yeah. Well, because that's what a lot of people that I've had on the show say. It's not about one big break. It's about a lot of smaller breaks. Right. And And over time, those build and then... Right. And it
1: it was like that... I call like to me it's luck, but that's all. I have like a lot of imposter syndrome, yeah, you know, because I'm like too, a, yeah. you know that I I shouldn't be doing this, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like I'm only doing this because this is a choice I made, not you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it was like that where like luck, our success is like where luck meets preparation, kind of yeah. thing. Like I fell into like two or three things like right in a row, but I had been I I write especially when I first started, I wrote religiously like every you know? day. Like, yeah. well, yeah. Cause every week I knew there was a workshop. So yeah. it's like, I have to have something new for workshop on Sunday. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, And so all of that writing and then that development of being able to write better and then fix old writing. Yeah, that's something
0: I've always had a problem with is you you think of a joke, you try it a couple of times and if it doesn't work, I'm just kind of like, I guess that story's not going to play. And it took me a long time, like you're saying, to be like, oh, wait, you can fix that. Yeah. Like well, it's,
1: and I even like the first time I took two old jokes and I was like, "Wait, what if I cut this out of one joke and just and then smash put it together?" These together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the first time that works, you're like, "Am I a genius?"
0: <laughs> yeah. That was one of my biggest things cuz I had all these stories about getting yeah. arrested. You feel
1: like you just discovered quantum physics <laughs> yeah. or something and you're like, "This is fu- this is I all had, it fucking took?" I
0: know? had so many jokes and stories about getting arrested, but they were so long-winded and like they fed into each other kind of, but it was like same exact thing you're talking about I was like wait a second what if I just cut it all out and made it one joke with like three situations and then it worked and I was like that's it I'm a, yeah. I'm a genius <laughs> I'm a genius <laughs> it's the best when you finally figure that one part out and you're like wait a second yeah
1: you feel like like you imagine it's like a similar thing like Thomas Edison had like yeah. he's, he's like reach I'll just build moment. my yeah. own electricity and he figures like yeah fuck you Tesla <laughs> you know
0: like I didn't I got need you thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. You were telling us before we started recording that you had a, a very interesting experience a few days ago. Yeah, because we were talking about if you had any kind of crazy stories, um, which we can get into later. But you were like, actually, something <laughs> happened to me a couple days ago. Do you want to go ahead and let oh, everybody yeah, yeah, know yeah, what yeah, happened?
1: Yeah. So you you messaged me and you're like, hey, like think, like try and think of like three or four good like drinking or like drug or fight stories and stuff like that. And I was always like, I was pretty straight laced growing up. Like I I drank like you know. Once I, like, joined the Army, so, like, 20 on, you know, but I never really did drugs until after I got my medical marijuana card, and then I started smoking marijuana, and then I started researching, like, like psychedelics and, like, their effects with autism and stuff like that, and so there's a ton of research that, like, LSD can be very good for people on the autism spectrum. Okay. So I tried it for the first time, like... Last year, all right. Um, but it was like that first like I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna and, and it was like a good trip, like enjoyable experience. I went like to the uh the midnight in Gainesville. Okay, yeah, yeah. comedy and like three comics like kept an eye on me made sure i was safe and you know that's awesome yeah so it but it was really enjoyable but this time uh, i finally got my hands on some more and i was like okay this time is for like we're going inside yeah yeah and so uh i did like a friend sent me like some guided meditation stuff and some things like that and i was like uh basically because that's what i had read like one uh this guy who's autistic wrote a book about, like, his experience with, like, experimenting with LSD. He basically okay. just experimented on himself. Just with, like, with a this bunch is... of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so basically there's this idea uh, that, you know, basically... Psychedelics give you the the opportunity to kind of like talk to yourself a little bit, and with autistic people, there's like the oh you can rewrite the code a little bit, okay, or you can, and that's kind of move stuff around, yeah, yeah, move stuff around, and so that's kind of what the my goal was was like I need to move some stuff around because uh, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, like when I think of new material, like I'm more I like I think out loud, yeah, so like if I if I think of a new bit in my head, like I'll say it out loud and I'll record it. Right. And then I'll go back and listen to it. And then I'll eventually write it out into like the final version of the, the long form. Yeah. Right. Um, but I've got to get better about speaking out loud to myself because for so much of my life, it was like, don't talk out loud. People are going to think you're a weirdo. And now it's like, <laughs> no, you got to talk to yourself or this is never going to work. Yeah. You know? So it's, like try- yeah. so it's like yeah. trying to break those bad, ha- like, masking habits from childhood. And it's like, no, now you need to use that ability to your advantage. Isn't
0: that so weird? As you get older, those things change in your life. Yeah. It's ba- bananas.
1: Because that was the thing. Like, as a kid, like, that with with my experience with autism has been like my whole life. Like I just have so many things going through my brain at one time that it's hard to like focus on one single thing, you know? Yeah. So I'm constantly, and so th- for a long time I just thought it was uh, like ADD, but there's some sensory processing things on top of that. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's like a multitude of things. Um. But I'd, I'd have that like in my head and then I would just blurt something out loud cause it popped in my head and I was like, Ooh, let me grab it before I, you know,
0: forget it yeah. yeah
1: before it just flies by and i miss it and i'd say it out loud and people were like what the fuck is what going what is he on doing yeah M. yeah so i just stopped doing that and so now i'm trying to break that habit again and i need that skill back again, yeah you know? And know it's, it's
0: just it's it's weird because i i found the same thing to a lesser extent when it came to drinking like alcoholism and stuff because when i was younger and like getting in trouble it's like oh you just don't talk about this like you just don't say anything right. nobody needs to know and then <laughs> as i got older especially into comedy i was like oh no this stuff is this is what you talk about. This is what you need to talk about. Yeah. Like, all that- All good-
1: that embarrassing stuff that you're like, I don't want anyone in my personal life to know this. You're like, no, now I need everyone, everyone to, to know, know this.
0: this. <laughs> everyone has to be aware of the situation. God, so what ended up happening? Did you, break, did you rewrite some code? Mm.
1: I rewrote some code. I, I was up early this morning, went to the gym, all that kind of stuff, like- Uh, The best way I can explain, like, the experience itself is uh, you have, like, a short period of time where uh the glass shatters and you get to have like a conversation with like the inner you okay you know what i mean yeah that's awesome and it was basically like that's that you know that voice in your head that like when the alarm goes off and you're like no you have to get up for work like you can't hit snooze anymore
0: you talk to that voice i
1: talk to that guy i call him (laughs) the warden yeah so i talked to the warden i was like hey we can't have the inmates running the asylum here all right we need a little bit more structure (laughs) yeah like i need the structure back and he's like all right i'll give you all the fucking structure you can handle and so now we've got the structure back that's awesome man yeah so it's like those first couple of days this is basically day two after the trip so like all of that uh pr- like cognitive functioning is still like uh like settling in yeah you know what i mean but i'm excited
0: that's awesome
1: yeah and i obviously i understand that this sounds like complete cockamamie bullshit you should but hear something. it makes sense to me like, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean
0: if, if, like i is... was
1: there i know what happened
0: <laughs> do you um you mentioned you were in the army i didn't know that
1: yeah, I wasn't great at it. I was basically <laughs> <laughs> like, I was so I was in a, I was a radiology specialist. So I was an okay. X-ray tech.
0: Okay, you know, was it right out of high school or did uh, you go to? I
1: went to college for one semester. Got uh, met my recruiter on college campus. Okay, and then, yeah, and it was basically it was like, why would you pay for a degree to be an X-ray tech when we'll pay you a salary to yeah. teach you to be an X-ray tech? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that sounds that makes good. Sense. Yeah. Sold, you know, how long?
0: What, what God, when did this happen? Like
1: three years, I was National Guard, okay. Um, and then I had so I had a like a back injury, I had to have surgery and stuff like that. And then, uh, again, uh, nobody knew I was secretly autistic, yeah. The time. So, you've been, but yeah. that caused mental health issues because now I couldn't like participate with everyone else and I lost the structure, yeah, of the army. Mental health spiral, and this was 2008, 2009. The army was in the middle of their PTSD crisis. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, and mental health, get them the fuck out of here. Oh, so they were just like, all right, see you later. Yeah, basically damn and they were like it was even like i had a sit down conversation with like a cut like a commander and they're like look like we don't want you to have to deal with the stigma of mental health like it doesn't have mental health issues don't have to be in your record we'll make it like a physical and i was i was like okay whatever oh damn and yeah they, just they you really did not want to deal with mental health shit at that point in time because they were getting so much bad press about yeah. how they would handled mental health
0: yeah because so. so many people were dying talk about don't ask don't yeah. tell we're just not going to put it in your file.
1: Yeah, we're just not going to put it in your file. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> Get out of here, you, yeah. you knucklehead. Yeah,
1: you snuck one in on us, you rascal. <laughs> go home.
0: God. that's so terrible. So what... Uh, I don't even know where to go from there. So what, um, what did you do after... I was
1: basically like Forrest Gump if he was sad all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you do after the Army?
1: Um... I, uh, I went home, like, I went back into construction for a little bit, um, then I eventually, like, uh, Went in like, worked at Lowe's. I was, like, a department manager at Lowe's for yeah. a long time. Then I did sales. And that I I basically just did every job I could until I'd get burnt out from it. Yeah, and then, and then just move yeah. on to the next one? And then eventually I, uh, I used my military benefits, uh, Chapter 31, like, vocational rehab, to go back to school. I got my degree in graphic design. Oh, shit. And then— Is that where
0: you came up with the—is that how you were able to design the T-shirt?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I drew my you own— You do
0: all your own merch, right? Yeah. Captain Autism.
1: Yeah, I have it drop shipped through like a company, so I don't have to touch. Like I'm hands off on like any like orders through yeah. my merch store and stuff. But all the designs and stuff. Is Where made. is all this at? Um. So I have an Etsy store, uh, AJ Wilkerson Comedy, or you can search Captain Autism on Etsy. Uh, and I'm working on my website now, so I'm gonna link. Everything yeah, because we into talked about website. that. Yeah.
0: Okay. What is? Do you have? Did you already get the domain? Not yet. I've Not got right. everything set up hush, in a hush, cart on GoDaddy, yeah.
1: but I'm trying to decide between <clears throat> AJ Wilkerson or ajcomedy.com or, like, captainautism.com, because Captain Autism just sounds so cool. Yeah.
0: Right? I'm going to wait. Uh, this episode will come out in a couple of weeks. I want to make sure you get the domain before we start. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, this is a little mom-pop podcast, but we do have some <laughs> listeners, and some people can be really shitty.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um. God, where did you come up with the captain autism thing because for those of you listening just i I wanted to just let them know for everyone listening it's basically like a comic book and you're a superhero but when you open up your shirt instead of a superman s it's an a on a brain and it's literally you have it issue number one 42 pages like a comic book
1: yeah and it took a while coming up with the design because there's like even like in the like autistic community like there's like division over like the puzzle piece logo and stuff like because of like all of like there's a bunch of like really shitty symbolism behind it yeah and, like, the guy that and like the autism speaks foundation that basically thinks like autism is uh basically they want to find a cure for it because they don't think we should exist oh wow uh, so yeah so shots. autism speaks sucks a bag of dicks shots
0: uh, fire yeah you hear to hear autism speaks
1: <laughs> so mo- <laughs> like a, a lot of autistic people are trying to like come up with different logos so they've got like the like the like a rainbow infinity symbol that represents like neurodiversity and stuff like that so i took like a similar idea and just did like the like the the brain with all of the colors and yeah i did the a over that's badass man so yeah so just my own little spin on like a neurodiversity logo
0: everybody um, go look for it etsy.com slash captain autism
1: yep aj wilkerson comedy
0: aj wilkerson comedy
1: yep and uh
0: we're gonna blow it up man. yeah
1: it's uh, it's cool. I'm, it's been I'm doing good on the road. Like, yeah, I t- I take like posters of this, like yeah. a of the like the comic book poster on the road as like my merch and stuff like that. And I do it uh, like as donations. So like, whatever anybody wants to donate, that's for a one, smart
0: play. I clean. I, I clean up pretty well. People just start throwing twenties your way, and you're like, yep. all right, here we go. Don't have to worry about change or anything like that. Yeah, man. You said you started drinking uh, in the Army. Did you ever get crazy or wild or anything like that? Or was it just... Oh, yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Because when I got... I was in San Antonio for um, uh, my, uh, like, training. Basic training and stuff? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Basic training was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Okay. And then phase one of my AIT training, where I was learning to be an x-ray tech... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. ...was in San Antonio. So I got out there... And as soon as we, like, earned our privileges to, like, leave the base and stuff like that, like, I found, like, uh, it was, like, a 2003 Chevy Malibu with, like, 22,000 miles on it. Uh, that had been garage kept by this older couple and he had lost his license. So, oh, they, so they sold weren't me even the using car yeah. for like fourteen hundred bucks.
0: Get out of here. Yeah.
1: It was like a five-year-old car with less than like twenty-five thousand miles on it
0: for like fourteen hundred awesome. bucks.
1: So then I became like the de facto like, hey we're all gonna go drinking like Everyone we'll take his car. AJ's car yeah. yeah. And then uh, eventually one of the guys in our barracks was like hey we look similar and I have an old ID you know, yeah. and then, yeah, from there we were off to the races. Just, uh, yeah. Then it was, I would drive us there, then we'd get, like, a cab back. Yeah. And then the next day somebody else would take me back to get my to car. To you
0: your car? Yeah. God, well, at least you weren't drinking and driving, that's smart.
1: Yeah, well, because, I mean, in the Army, that's, like, a federal crime. Yeah, well, you know? well we
0: had, um uh we've had uh dallas nelson on the podcast mm-hmm. he was in the air force mm-hmm. same kind of thing he was just like talking about how they used to get fucked up but it was so like you could not get caught or else you were gonna be in big trouble oh yeah
1: well yeah same thing like if i had ever gotten caught like by the army uh like drunk have, i could have been like kicked out of the military i could have been oh, in prison yeah. well because you
0: were underage Yeah, exactly yeah God
1: and so and because in the army you're like government property so yeah. it would have been like you know not only drinking underage but also like damage of government
0: property <laughs> damn that's crazy yeah.
1: like you have to get wait like a waiver sign from your command structure in the army to go get like a tattoo
0: oh really yeah Jesus
1: like even if you already have tattoos like to get a new one to you get have another to get one. like a waiver sign
0: all right. It's almost 6:40 now. People are starting to gather around us. Yeah. So we're going to pause this. We'll come back to it later. Sounds good? All right, let me Through the magic of editing, no one's going to know what happened. <laughs>